so you're a Christian and you're thinking of adopting. Ha <laughs> ha, good luck with that. Maine goes big for the dummy Olympics and the DOJ is threatening to sue Texas. All that and a ton more stupid head-shaking stories tonight. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hey, how about I got some new standby music. Did you hear that track we were playing before we went live? Oh, man, I'm loving it. I got a bunch more tracks, but I'm, I'm going to stick with that one for a while. We were using the same one for a long time, but yeah, I switched over because I found that loved it. Rockin' stuff, good stuff. All right, we got good stuff tonight, and thank you to everybody who's joining us, whether you're watching it live. We are live at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, usually without fail. And uh, you can also, of course, watch the replay, which a lot of people do, and we appreciate that. And if you have just popped by, maybe you've found us for the first time, please hit that follow button. It helps the show out a lot. It's free for you, costs you absolutely nothing. If you don't have a Rumble account, you can get that too. It's also free. doesn't cost you a dime. We don't spam your inbox. And uh, then you can follow the show. You can jump in on the live chat, talk about whatever you like. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, we appreciate it. It really, really does help this show out a lot. And the other way you could help out this show is by buying something from one of our sponsors, including the amazing NordVPN. How much is your personal data, your contact details, your phone number, your address, your friends, your family's contacts. How much is that worth? A lot. NordVPN. If you're not using a VPN, folks, in this digital age, you've got to protect your privacy. Everybody and anybody is snooping on you from, this is not tinfoil hat stuff, this is a fact, from your government to your, even your ISP, the people you pay for your internet service are harvesting your data. Stop them. NordVPN is the perfect solution. There are a lot of VPNs out there. I recommend Nord because they really can do the job and they offer you one of the best deals on the planet. You can browse the web securely, privately, and you don't have to worry about hackers, snoopers, like I said, even your own ISP, internet service provider. Uh, they have military grade encryption, the unbelievable 5,000 servers in 59 country, you unlock a world of online entertainment, websites you may not be able to access, you can, and uh, NordVPN does the job. Look, if you're not tech savvy, I understand. I'm a little bit tech savvy, but if you're not, not a worry. You download the app, you put it on your phone or on your laptop or wherever, you click one button, you're protected just like that that's all it takes you don't have to think about it it does all the work for you and uh, NordVPN has a very friendly interface connected to any server just the click of one button and 24 7 customer service support 
always available around the clock to help. If you've got a problem, you get a hold of them, they will respond right away to you. Also, with your single NordVPN account, you can connect up to six devices. Mm, think about it. Your laptop, your handphone, your partner's laptop and handphone, your wife or husband, whatever, your kids, six devices with a single NordVPN account. And as you can see right here, up to 65% off when you use the link in our show notes and three months, three months free from NordVPN. That basically comes down to $3.79 a month. Like I said in the beginning, your privacy, your personal data, it's worth a lot more than $3.79 a month. Check it out, NordVPN. Use the link in our show notes. Check it out and buy a NordVPN account. Get yourself signed up. Protect your privacy. More important today than ever before. And I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, folks, but it's going to get worse before it gets better. Okay, on to our stuff tonight. And man, do we have some stuff tonight. <laughs> like the headline says, if you're a Christian and you want to adopt, look, there's a few reasons why people adopt. Uh, perhaps they just are good-hearted people that realize there are wonderful children in the world who need a family, and so they adopt even though they may already have a family. Uh, there are people, of course, who are unable to have children, and so if they want children, adoption is likely one of the only and certainly the least expensive route to take. But when it comes to children, I don't think money really has a whole lot to do with it. A Christian mom, this is from the Daily Citizen, the link is in our show notes. A Christian mom is having to defend her faith. She is suing Oregon. You know that whole West Coast. Why don't that San Andreas Fault just go off and we just dump, you know, we just have a new coastline? This mom is suing Oregon for preventing her adopting because of her Christian beliefs. Not a joke, as that rotting bag of flesh in the White House likes to say. All one Oregon mom wanted for Christmas was to welcome children from the foster care system into her family. Instead, she wound up having to sue the state of Oregon for religious discrimination. Oregon is refusing to let Jessica Bates adopt foster siblings because of her Christian beliefs about human sexuality. She believes boys and girls are biologically different. Uh, yeah. And those differences are good and should be celebrated, a typical Christian belief. Oregon's state officials, get this, they say Bates is unfit to adopt or even participate in the foster system 
because she will not agree to use preferred pronouns or assist a child in gender transition because of her faith. Last week, she filed, uh, Bates filed a notice of appeal to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals after the lower court ruled against her. The Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF, representing Bates in the case. She is a Christian. She is already a mother to five children. Their ages 10 to 17. She was widowed in 2017. Her husband passed away in a car accident. And she and her husband were in the car together. They were struck by a criminal trying to outrun the police. Man. She was lucky to survive. Her faith helped her through that difficult period of loss, mourning. And sometime later, after listening to a Christian radio broadcast about a man who adopted a child, from the foster system, she felt the Lord call her to adopt a sibling pair. March of 2022, she began the process. In their complaint, ADF explains Oregon's Department of Human Services created a regulation requiring potential adoptive families to accept and support the sexual orientation and gender identity of any child the state places in their home. They made it a rule. So, because of her faith, this amazing woman, already a mom of five, desperate to bring more love and joy into the world, is being denied that because of these idiots in the Oregon government. There are people out there buying children, child trafficking, child sex trafficking, God forbid. And this loving Christian mom is being denied that right because of her faith. That's Oregon. That's disgusting. Unbelievable. There you go, West Coast. It just, it, like I said, head shaker material. Absolute head shaker material. And how did we get here? You know, I, I thought I saw this post. I'm going to share this with you next. It's a video. Brilliant. I saw this today, and it really stopped me to it stopped me to think. How did we get here? When did this bullcrap start? It wasn't. I I know I'm an old fart. It's like, man, back when I was a kid. It's not back when I was a kid. It's I'm in my 60s now, my mid-60s. 
even back, I remember, in my 40s, 20 years ago. This bullcrap wasn't going on. How did we get here? This is a post from Clown World. This guy has got a lot to say about it. And he's exactly right. Let me just get this thing queued up and take a listen to this. Go track how many times the word racism was mentioned. And around 2012, it shoots up. Yep. Social justice shoots up. Transgenderism shoots up. White privilege shoots up. This was forced on the American people. Why are we having these conversations now? No, the people did not wake up one day and decide we want to have a national conversation about chicks with dicks. That didn't happen. This wasn't an organic movement. It was all of the most powerful people decided this is what we're going to talk about. And why was that? Look, when you're failing on policy, you pivot to a culture war. Yep. You pit people against yep. each other, so they're fighting each other. Yep. We had in this country, we had an Occupy Wall Street movement where leftists were standing outside of big banks screaming, we are the 99%. Right-wingers had a populist movement called the Tea Party, where yep. they were outraged about the bailouts of big banks, yep. unsustainable debt, government spending. They don't like that. That's not what the powers that be like. Look, they like you fighting about issues like abortion. Now, I'm not saying abortion isn't a very important issue. It's a very important issue. But the, us fighting about that issue doesn't scare anyone at the Federal Reserve. It doesn't scare anyone in the CIA. They don't care if you fight about that issue. They love you fighting over transgender bathrooms. Yep. There you go. Boom. I wish I could hat tip that guy. I don't know who that is. There's no explanation in the post. But man, he is spot freaking on. Spot on. They want us arguing with each other. They want us fighting each other. If it's not about race, it's about gender, it's about sexual orientation. They want us, and they keep pouring gasoline on the fires they start. Don't let them succeed. Just stop it. Easy to do, I know. This show lights fires every day of the week, Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. But it's to open your eyes, to wake you up, not to make you woke, to make you awake. And that, please, please click on that link and share that out to all your social media outlets, wherever it might be. That post is from X. But it needs to be heard by everybody, from the right to the left to the center. They want us fighting each other. They don't want us to get along. It doesn't fit with their program if we all get along. I'm... <laughs> Subject change. I'm thinking about starting a new segment on this show. If you recall, yesterday we did a uh, something about how stupid. Oh, I know what it was. It was the amount of young people who think Osama bin Laden wasn't such a bad guy. What was it like? Twenty-five percent? Some ridiculous number. Got another one for you. 
I got I got to mute this cuz it's it's got a song behind it and I don't want to get a copyright hit. But I'm thinking about starting a new segment cuz these things are all over the internet every single day. The segment's called Just How Stupid Are the Young People of Today. Let me play this for you. I'll just let it loop. Okay, we don't need the music. This is a, I don't know, high schooler maybe in shop class. I mean, bravo for her for being in shop class. She is trying. First of all, I think she's using a hacksaw on a piece of wood. But she is desperately trying to cut through this piece of wood. Have you figured it out yet? She hasn't. Look at the frustration on her face. Because she can't figure out why, as hard as she saws, it just won't go through. And her friend standing right next to her, who is apparently too busy playing on her phone, maybe, I don't think her friend realizes the problem either. <laughs> See this? First of all, like I said, that, that is a hacksaw. It's not meant for cutting wood, folks. I mean, it'll cut wood, but that's not what it's designed for. Okay, okay, pull it down. I can't, I can't even with these idiots. Seriously. This is your next generation. This is, you know what? This would be AOC if AOC took shop class. Absolutely. This is AOC in shop class. Oh, man. Speaking of stupid people, how about the Secretary of State in Maine? Oh, yeah. I'm sure you've seen this story. It has been all over the news, all over social media. This report from Breitbart, links in our show notes. The Maine Secretary of State, a screaming leftist, left of Lenin leftist, says Trump is ineligible to appear on the ballot. Here we go again. Shenna Bellows, Secretary of State in Maine, obviously a Democrat, yesterday determined former President Trump is not eligible to appear on the state's ballot, but the decision will not be carried out until the Supreme Court weighs in on the controversial state ruling. Of course, Colorado, the first to do this ridiculous bullshit. Like the left-leaning justices in Colorado, Bellows said Trump is disqualified based on Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which obviously she's never read. She wrote, she held a hearing December 15th on three challenges to Trump's nomination. The first two, she said, 
contest Mr. Trump's qualifications for office under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. The third, filed by Paul Gordon, contest Mr. Trump's qualifications under the 22nd Amendment. For the reasons set forth below, she says, I conclude that Mr. Trump's primary petition is invalid. First of all, Trump has not been convicted of an insurrection. In fact, he hasn't even been charged with insurrection. Neither have any of the January 6th political prisoners. In spite of all this, this decision not being carried out until the Supreme Court finally makes a determination on the issue, given the compressed time frame, the novel constitutional questions, the importance of the case, and the impending ballot preparation deadlines for the Secretary of State's office. Maine. Very nice, Maine. And I saw her online screaming about how wonderful and proud she is of her state of Maine, that they have one of the highest voter turnouts in the country, if not the highest. Uh, you're going to get a high voter turnout this time, babe. They'll all be wearing... Where's my hat? No, oh, it's in the back. They'll all be wearing my MAGA hat. Unbelievable. China's not having babies. <laughs> I know. What was your first thought? Good. Again, this is from Breitbart. Weird story. I would not have expected this ever. You remember China for a long time. I don't think they still do. They had their one child policy where you were only allowed by law to have a single child? Well, Chinese censors are back at it deleting a leak of the birth rates in China for 2023. And guess what? They're going down, 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 down. Chinese censors, just two days ago, Wednesday, quickly deleted an article in a maternity-related news site that leaked plummeting birth rates for 2023, revealed China's population crisis is even worse than the regime has previously admitted. The article appeared in the Tiba social media platform which is run by online giant Baidu. Tiba, the word means let's post articles, is a huge collection of forums. It's kind of like Reddit, but not, of course. <laughs> anyway, they describe it as the largest online community. It's a new service. There's a, a, a subreddit, for the lack of a term called Mother and Infant Daily News. An account posted Wednesday that said 7.88 million babies were born in 2023. 
which is a hundred uh, 1.68 million less than 2022 almost 2 million less babies born in 2022 in 2023 that is insane measured against their 11 million deaths this means the national population declined by a net 3.12 million people ouch now i know there are people out there saying good the less chinese on the planet the better but folks this this is huge 3.12 million now there are a lot of people in china a lot as a matter of fact let me do a little quick you can hear that typing can't you the worldometer china's population holy crap 1.4 billion people that is a live updating population chart holy crap maybe that 3.12 million people is not all that much anyway it's going down and that can't be sustained for very long i would never have guessed almost one and a half billion chinese holy crap wow there you go while we invite them across the border have you seen the chinese that are coming across the border too the southern border which is wide open oh yeah there's a lot of them sneaking in it's not all just you know nigerians and nicaraguans a lot of Chinese people coming across that border too of which we should be very concerned a Chicago alderman alderman rather who is a Democrat has had it he says I'm a Democrat but Biden let the border remain open and migrant surge is causing crime and he's not very happy about that. Brian Hopkins is a Chicago alderman. He says the migrant crisis is starting to create serious issues in his district. Uh, alderman, tell us what you're seeing. We're seeing communities uh, destabilized. Uh, we're seeing an influx of new residents who simply don't have a place to reside. Uh, the impact of the local shelters is having a, a detrimental effect on the quality of life for local residents. We're seeing crime go up, property values go down. Um, it's creating a political crisis um, as well as stress between communities, and it's simply unsustainable. There you go. Unsustainable. He added a decompression strategy would include some migrants getting work permits and helping provide permanent housing for migrants. Uh, here's an idea shut the damn border 
But no, of course, that would be too simple. It's a mess. There's an article in our show notes. You can watch the rest of that video commentary. Also read about it. Read the stats. This is Chicago. Chicago is a nightmare. Second only, I assume, to New York. And they just keep bussing them and flying them up from Texas. And I'm loving it. Uh, we did the story, was it last week, where the governor signed new, uh, new legislation that now allows Texas law enforcement officers to arrest illegal immigrants coming into the country for exactly that crime. Well, you think the DOJ might get behind it, helping them out a little bit? Nope, they're going to sue them. Washington Examiner, great article, the DOJ is threatening to sue Texas over enforcement of immigration laws. They reportedly warned Governor Abbott against enforcing a Texas law that now allows state officials to arrest people they suspect are in the country illegally. The Houston Chronicle reporting Deputy Principal Assistant Attorney General Brian Boynton wrote in a letter to Abbott that if he does not assure the Department of Justice that Texas will not enforce the law by January 3rd of next year, just a few days away, next week, the United, listen to this, this is a quote. The United States will pursue all appropriate legal remedies to ensure that Texas does not interfere with the functions of the federal government. Which I would interpret to mean the function of the federal government, according to what the DOJ thinks, is to leave the border open and let anybody in who wants to come, no matter who or what they are. They're actually... Abbott has done an amazing job with what he has to work with to stop this invasion at our southern border. And now he's got a very effective policy that went into place that lets his own law enforcement people arrest illegal immigrants who are here illegally. And the DOJ is now threatening to sue them. This is how much, how much the DOJ wants to make our lives impossible. You happy about that, New York, L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, Seattle, Portland? They're actually suing or threatening to sue them if they follow through on this law. Even when governors try to do something, they get beat down or beat back by our good old Biden DOJ. Okay, you like spiders? Uh, I know. I, no, I am not a fan of spiders. I'm not a fan of snakes. 
Bugs in general, eh. Most bugs are okay. Spiders, no thanks. Do you wear makeup? Do you know you are wearing spider pheromones? Okay, what's a pheromone? Basically, pheromones are a sexual attractant that it, it appeals the smell to the opposite sex. They are literally making makeup that you put on your face out of spider pheromones. Pheromones, I should say. You can't make this crap up, folks. This is from a post on X. It's legit. I looked it up. It's scary as hell, and you should be afraid. And if you don't like spiders, you might want to rethink that whole makeup thing. This is the post. It says, hello, I just did a little deep dive into the chemicals that attract spiders. Because I really don't like bugs. According to studies, there are two component female-produced pheromone of spiders, which basically signals for sexual communications. The chemical analysis revealed that farnesyl acetate, dilsobutyl phthalate, and hexadecyl acetate of the spider webs exhibited higher relative abundance in sexually receptive females. Farnesyl acetate is primarily used in skincare products for fragrance. Same for cetyl acetate for a fruity smell and a waxy appearance, commonly used as a thickening agent for body creams and lotions. You combine all these chemicals and it likely will bring all the thirsty spider boys to your yard because you likely smell like a thirsty girl spider. Folks, I, I am not making this up. You look it up yourself. I did. It absolutely is a fact. There you go. Look. Used as an emollient, masking agent, and skin conditioner. Present in various species of mouse, arachnid, those are spiders, and insects. It has a role in a cosmetic, a pheromone, and an epitope. And then it all gets wonky science after that. So, the next time you smother yourself in body lotion, just remember what you may be attracting. Could be things you don't want to attract. 
Man, oh man, I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> Seriously. All right, it is time for our book. We're reading Treasure Island. We're about halfway through. It's gotten to be quite an adventure. And we're going to continue now with the amazing Treasure Island. The captain sat down to his log. And here is the beginning of the entry. Alexander Smollett, master. David Livesey, ship's doctor. Abraham Gray, carpenter's mate. John Trelawney, owner. John Hunter and Richard Joyce, owner's servants. Landsmen being all that is left faithful of the ship's company. With stores for ten days at short rations. Came ashore this day and flew British colors on the log house in Treasure Island. Thomas Redruth, owner's servant, landsman, shot by the mutineers. James Hawkins, cabin boy. And at the same time, I was wondering over poor Jim Hawkins' fate. A hail on the land side. Somebody hailing us, said Hunter, who was on guard. Doctor, squire, captain, hello, hunter, is that you? Came the cries. And I ran to the door in time to see Jim Hawkins, safe and sound, come climbing over the stockade. Chapter 18, The Garrison in the Stockade. As soon as Ben Gunn saw the colors, he came to a halt stopped me by the arm and sat down. Now, said he, there's your friends, sure enough. Far more likely it's the mutineers, I answered. That, he cried. Why, in a place like this, where nobody puts in but gentlemen of fortune, silver would fly the jolly Roger, you don't make no doubt of that. No, that's your friends. There's been blows, too. I reckon your friends had the best of it, and here they are ashore in the old stockade, as it was made years and years ago, by Flint. Ah, he was the man to have a headpiece, was Flint. Barring rum, his match was never seen. You were afraid of none, not he, only silver. Silver was that genteel. Well, said I, that may be so, and so be it. All the more reason I should hurry on and join my friends. Nay, mate, returned Ben, not you. You're a good boy, or I'm mistook. But you're only a boy, all told. Now Ben Gunn is fly. Rum would bring me there. But where you going, not rum wouldn't till I see your born gentleman and gets it on his word of honor. You won't forget my words. A precious sight, that's what you'll say. A precious sight more confidence, and then nips him. And he pinched me on the third time with the same air of cleverness. And when Ben Gunn has wanted you know where to find him, Jim, just where you found him today. And him that comes is to have a white thing in his hand, and he's to come alone. 
Oh, and you'll say this. Ben Gunn, says you, has reasons of his own. Well, said I, I believe I understand. You have something to propose. You wish to see the squire or the doctor. And you are to be found where I found you. Is that all? And when, says you, he added, why from about noon observation to about six bells? Good, says I. And now may I go? You won't forget, he inquired anxiously. Precious sight, reasons of his own, says you. Reasons of his own, that's the mainstay as between man and man. Well then, still holding me, I reckon you can go. Jim, if you was to see Silver, you wouldn't go for to sell Ben Gunn. Wild horses wouldn't draw it from you. No, says you. And if them pirates came ashore, Jim, what would you say but there'd be witters in the morning? Here, he was interrupted by a loud report and a cannonball came tearing through the trees and pitched in the sand, not a hundred yards from where the two were talking. The next moment, each of us had taken to our heels in a different direction. For a good hour to come, frequent reports shook the island. Balls kept crashing through the woods. I moved from hiding place to hiding place, always pursued, or so it seemed to me. But these terrifying missiles, towards the end of the bombardment, though I durst not adventure into the direction of the stockade, where the balls fell oftenest, I had begun in a manner to pluck up my heart again, and after a long detour to the east, crept down among the shoreside trees. The sun had just set sea breeze was rustling and tumbling in the woods, ruffling the gray surface of the anchorage. The tide, too, was far out. Great tracts of sand lay uncovered. The air, after the heat of the day, chilled me through my jacket. The Hispaniola still lay where she'd anchored, but sure enough, there was the Jolly Roger, black flag of piracy flying from her peak. Even as I looked, there came another red flash and another report that sent the echoes clattering, and one more round shot whistled through the air. It was the last of the cannonade. I lay for some time watching the bustle which succeeded the attack. Men were demolishing something with axes on the beach near the stockade. The poor jolly boat, I afterwards discovered. Away near the mouth of the river, the great fire was glowing among the trees, and between that point and the ship, one of the gigs kept coming and going. The men whom I had seen so gloomy, shouting at the oars like children, but there was a sound in their voices that suggested rum. At length, I thought I might return toward the stockade, 
I was pretty far down on the low, sandy split that encloses the anchorage to the east, joined half-water to Skeleton Island. And now as I rose to my feet, I saw some distance further down the split, rising from among the low bushes, an isolated rock, pretty high, particularly white in color. It occurred to me this might be the white rock of which Ben Gunn had spoken, and that some day or other a boat might be wanted, and I should know where to look for one. Then I skirted among the woods till I had regained the rear, or shoreward side of the stockade, soon warmly welcomed by the faithful party. I had soon told my story and began to look around me. The log house was made of unsquared trunks of pine roof, walls, and floor. The ladder stood in several places as much as a foot or a foot and a half above the surface of the sand. There was a porch at the door. Under this porch, a little spring welled up into an artificial basin of a rather odd kind, no other than a great ship's kettle of iron, with the bottom knocked out, sunk to her bearings, as the captain said, among the sand. A little had been left beside the framework of the house, but in one corner there was a stone slab laid down by way of a hearth, and an old rusty iron basket to contain the fire. The, knoll, the slopes of the knoll and all the insides of the stockade had been cleared of timber to build the house. We could see by the stumps what a fine, lofty grove had been destroyed. Most of the soil had been washed away or buried in drift after the trees were removed, only where the streamlet ran down from the kettle, a thick bed of moss and some ferns. Little creeping bushes were still green among the sand. Very close around the stockade, too close for defense, they said. The wood still flourished, high and dense. All of fir on the land side, but towards the sea with a lard admixture of live oaks. The cold evening breeze of which I have spoken whistled through every chink of the rude building, sprinkled the floor with a continual rain of fine sand. It was sand in our eyes, sand in our teeth, sand in our suppers, sand dancing in the spring at the bottom of the kettle, for all the world like porridge beginning to boil. Our chimney was a square hole in the roof. It was but a part of the smoke that found its way out. The rest eddied around the house and kept us coughing and piping the eye. Add to this that Gray, the new man, had his face tied up in a bandage for a cut he'd got breaking away from the mutineers, and that poor old Tom Redruth, still unburied, lay among the walls, stiff and stark, under the Union Jack. If we'd been allowed to sit idle, we should have all fallen in the blues. But Captain Smollett was never a man for that. And that's where we'll knock it off for today. We will pick this uh, up on this chapter coming up again on 
Monday's show, New Year's Eve. Ooh, how about that? Man, this year just flew by, didn't it? Hey, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking part in the show. Please hit that follow button. It helps our show out a lot, really does. Another way you can help out the show is to spend a little cash and pick up some coffee at Blackout Coffee. Don't forget our promo code over there. NordVPN, Skillshare, they're all down, Brickhouse Nutrition. All the links are down in our show notes. You can check them out. Buy something, help support the show. It really does help. Thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. Spend it with people you care about. And I will see you again on Monday. <laughs>